You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. Happy New Year! All right, we're going to do something super interesting. We are going to shoot part of this in 2023, and then we're going to shoot the other part of this in 2024, because then I can technically post this up for the 31st, and I will have officially done an episode every single day. And this is being a little weird, uh, and I know I'm playing with some semantics there, but I wanted to do a little bit of this with sort of the goodbye 23 and hello 24 vibe to it. And I know for some of y'all out there who are used to rather ruckus New Year's Eves into New Year's Day mornings, um, it can be a little odd for you to now be in sobriety and recovery and perhaps doing things differently than you used to have done them. And for me, one of the cool things that I can look back on whenever I look at my New Year's since 2017 and 2017 was the the 2016 to 17 was the last New Year's that I drank and I remember um, going on this insane bender for like 10 days right before I was supposed to fly out to Oklahoma to see my family and back then before my brother had children we would all converge on my parents lake house in southeastern Oklahoma where they retired and we would do like a whole week together there and usually show up on the 27th and then brother would leave about a week later and I would stay till that following Monday which was the day of the national championship in college football and so I would remember I would fly back and come home and I would be the I would watch the national championship college football game and I'm telling you all this to sort of set up a scene here and so I show up to the their house in 2026, 2016, with this intense hangover after a 10-day bender. And I basically go through detox without anybody there knowing for the next couple of days. Uh, and it was laughable because I remember them saying, wow, you get up early and you're so alive now in the morning. And usually you sleep till you know 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, I had been sleeping till 10 and 11 o'clock in the morning all those other times because I was so massively hung over from the night before partying. But when I first got there, I was so hung over and detox, I was barely sleeping. So as soon as somebody else got up, I would get up with them and have coffee and be like, oh, isn't so such a beautiful morning? morning. Everything's going my way. And needless to say, I was horribly, horribly in a bad place. And it took until New Year's Eve night for me to finally start to feel right. And then I started to drink and then I just drank for like the next six days. Ended up coming back home to Los Angeles where I proceeded to continue drinking. Um, so much. I remember I actually came home from the trip and then called out of work for, so I would have gotten home right around the 8th or so. And um, I started calling out of work and that would have been Monday when I came home and I called out of work that entire week. And then Thursday was the day that I came to in my bathtub for the last time covered in my own filth thinking I was having a heart attack. And then Fridays, whenever I officially started never drinking again. And I remember calling up my family a long time after 
I didn't tell them right away. I didn't want them to know I had a problem. And when I finally admitted to them that I had quit drinking and I was no longer going to consume alcohol anymore, the surprise that so many of them had expressed to me that they didn't think I had a problem. Even though I certainly drank a lot when I came there, it was sort of like, well, you just thought you were on vacation having fun. Um, and it, that was a lot of things were awakening moments for me whenever I got into sobriety and recovery. But for me to realize that they didn't know how bad it was made me feel simultaneously good about my ability to hide it, but also like vulnerable, like weakened, um, sad that here I was struggling with this for so many years and I didn't express it to him. I didn't let anybody know. And now here I am coming up on year seven and this will be the seventh, right? Am I doing the math correctly? 2017 um, was going into 2017. So 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Yep. I am holding up seven fingers right now. So this will be my seventh New Year's. And my very first New Year's not drinking anymore. My girlfriend at the time was in Oklahoma. And so we were on the phone when her New Year's kicked but I'm in California, so mine was two hours later. And I remember I was building my website that if you go to jessemogul.com, this is like the fifth iteration of the website. And the first iteration was made that night, New Year's of 2018. And I remember sitting there watching the ball drop on the television. And as soon as the ball dropped, I had already lined up like three really awesome Armin Van Buren songs. And I played those and I danced around. I had a little disco ball playing, you know, and all these lights were flashing like there was a party going on in my room and I'm completely sober, right? And I'm dancing around and I've got these colorful disco balls playing all over the place. And, you know, I danced around for about 10 minutes and then I turned the lights back on and uh, shut off the music and got right back into building the website. And it was like an affirmation for me to realize that who I was then is not who I am now. And for those of you who are listening to this the on the first of 2024. And, you know, obviously if there's ever a morning we want to wake up sober, it's January 1st of 2024 and all the years after. That's that first day of the year. Hopefully you've already been sober for a while. If today's the day that you chose to make this the resolution, then allow it to be that for you. And it's going to be absolutely sensational when you begin to start to step into what life can be like when you are sober. There's a lot of anticipation for these big days like this when we come face to face with, I almost said destiny, but I'm not a big fan of that. That doesn't make any sense in this regard. When you begin to ponder about making a massive change in your life, right? If we go back to the stages of change, which we talked about a lot in this show, pre-contemplation into contemplation into planning. When you're pre-contemplating, you don't ever even think that there's a problem. But as soon as you get into that contemplation stage where you start to ask yourself, is this something that I should be concerned about? Is this something that I should put a little attention toward? By that point, you have already crossed many different 
signs along your life highway that have been trying to alert you to a change needing to be made. When you finally get into contemplation, I can assure you there have been countless times where your mind or your friends or your life, the world around you has done everything in its power to give you the signals to say, stop, (laughs) pay the F attention. So by the time you get to the pre-contemplation, to the contemplation stage, there has been a myriad of opportunities for you to gain conscious awareness about the shifts that you desire to make in your life. Now you get into this contemplation stage where you begin to think about what life would be like with this change made in your life. And with that will come planning because the brain's naturally going to start seeking out ways to figure out a path. Right. It's like if I were to say, hey, if your car tire went flat, what would you do? And you might be like, well, why would my car tire go flat? Everything's fine with my car tire. I'm like, well, it's made out of rubber and it can be punctured. (gasps) I never even thought of that. You went you just in that moment went from pre-contemplation thinking nothing would ever go wrong with the tire to contemplating what might happen with the tire. The brain's going to naturally start to make plans. So you're going to have this contemplation and planning phase happening very, very much coinciding with one another. When we start to bring, let's just bring in New Year's with this real fast. So this all makes sense and y'all don't think I'm rambling. And I could also be rambling. It's, it could be either or. <laughs> it's, it's Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> they could both exist. None could exist. The cat could be dead. It could be alive. Fuck, I don't know. Open the damn box. What's in there? Not a head. Congratulations. Go on your merry way. When we think about New Year's Day, a lot of us, we ramp up, and we've talked about this, that New Year's Day really is this, you know, the day when the baton is passed from 23 to 24, but we've already been in that zone for the last 31 days. We've been ramping up ourselves to get to 2024. Now the baton is passed, and now 2023 can, you know, fade away, and we give it another month while we while we continue ramping 2024 forward. When we put days like this in front of us, and look, you could be listening to this on March 3rd, or May 16th, or June 15th, or July 4th, whenever you're listening to it. If you start to say, this is the day that I want to make this change, you start putting a lot of pressure on that day. And this is one of the reasons why we start talking about weaning yourself off your drug of choice or starting to notice how your process addiction is triggered, activated, whatever word you prefer, just slide that word in there. And next thing you know, you can begin to make these subtle little shifts so it's not this gargantuan change all on one day. And the more that I begin to create my 77 Sunrises Sober program, which will be coming out very soon. Uh, One of the reasons I didn't put it out on the first is I just thought that would completely contradict my entire philosophy about how the first isn't the end-all, be-all days. When you start to say, this is going to be the day, then you put a lot of pressure on that day. And then when the day comes and you feel that uh, pressure and perhaps stress and anxiety and fear and worry come with it, well, what is the natural inclination for your mind whenever it feels stress and anxiety and fear and worry? To use, because that's what we have been using as our crutch to mute our feelings for so long. 
So what we're going to do as we begin to progress ourselves towards this day, and I really feel part of me was blessed in this regard, because I just woke up covered in my own fill thinking I was having a heart attack, and I was like, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. And I literally couldn't even take down fluids. I mean, I sat there for the next six hours that night just begging myself to be able to hold down a shot of whiskey and beer and wine. And it, I mean, it didn't matter. I'd, be, hell, I'd take a hit off of a cigarette and vomit water. It was horrible. Because it was, it's like, really, the 13th wasn't my choice as much as it was forced upon me by my body. And I just said, screw it. Let's just ride or die on this decision. Whether you're going to find yourself in that position or not is something that, you know, I don't know. Only you know. Now, can you create that ride or die scenario in you? Yes, potentially. It could be losing your house, your wife, your job, your lot, you know, your car, your cat, your dog. You could, you know, all of the things that you lose during a country song. It could be those things. And you could say, okay, I'm no longer going to tolerate this behavior for myself. And where I've been trying to get to all along is that we are going to discuss in 2024 this idea of interest versus commitment. And we're going to do that in roughly one minute. I'll be right back to celebrate the ball dropping. I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic memory of the last minute of 2023. I'm going to go create mine. I'll be right back. It's officially Happy New Year! And I'm on purposely not trying to yell into the microphone because a lot of you are listening to me on earbuds and I don't want your eardrums to pop. Um, Congratulations. We have all officially made it to another fantastic year. And I'm just going to go ahead and label it as a fantastic year because 2023 had a lot of trials and tribulations. There was a lot going on in 2023. And I was talking to one of the tribe members um, the, the one who drives the truck, the semi-truck driver, um, who, you know, travels all around. <laughs> he feel like he's guys all over the Midwest. He does some pretty intense stuff. And at one point we're talking and I was just like, you know, life is a lot. And he agreed. And the thing I want to stress is that it's not sobriety that sucks sometimes, y'all. It's just life. Life is a lot. It's 50-50. It's ups and downs. It's ebbs and flows. And before I pause the mic to go off and celebrate the musical note dropping, which, by the way, they do a, they do a countdown on one of the channels, and it's in Nashville. So instead of the ball dropping, it is a musical note dropping. And so I watched that with my girlfriend, and we got the kiss, and it was really nice. And Right before I turned off the microphone, I talked about interest versus commitment. And I'm listening to this book called, I think it's it's a 12-week year. And he starts talking about how many things that you can accomplish if you just set down a 12-week deadline to accomplish them. Rather than giving yourself a whole year to figure certain things out, you just say, oh, I've got 12 weeks. Let's figure this out. And there's a, he talks about this joke, and I've heard it before, about, um, you know, the chicken is interested in breakfast, but the pig is committed because the chicken just gives the egg but still lives, and the pig gives its life so we can eat bacon. And when this guy is telling this, I couldn't help but think about sobriety and recovery because there's going to be a substantial amount of you out there who are going to find me on this New Year's, and you might click this episode on first and think, is this guy ever even going to get to a point? And yes, I'd get to many points, and definitely don't judge me based on the first episode of the year. But also, I want you to ask yourself, are you just interested in sobriety, or are you committed to sobriety? 
because there are going to be shifts in your behavior that are going to be necessary in order for you to take on any kind of massive change in your life. And this could go from, you know, cocaine and meth and heroin um, all the way down to the alcohol, the benzos. It could just be, you know, popping the painkillers all the way to Kratom. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's a substance that you're taking in order to feel a certain way or if it's a process addiction, meaning that you do something in order to feel a certain way. You're going to have thousands upon thousands of habits that have been created by you, your conscious mind, and your unconscious mind in order to achieve the results of the substance abuse addiction or the process addiction. It's just the way that it is. We're all very unique in the way that our brains will create these habits, but we're all humans and we create habits the same way. Cue, craving, response, reward. And these different kinds of cues that you have that fire off the habit loop that create this pattern, yours is going to be different based off of what triggers you, what activates you. But at the same time, like, The brain creates habits the way the brain creates habits. And as you begin to journey from sobriety into recovery, there are going to be a lot of opportunities for you to mental gymnastics yourself back into your old behaviors. This is where you deciding right here and now, are you just interested in sobriety and recovery or are you fully committed? Because being interested in it means it's like you're dabbling in it. There's a curiosity. There's an interest. Yeah, I'm interested in the harmonica, but I don't pick it up every day. I'm interested in solving this Rubik's Cube, yet it's sat next to my desk for a month, and I have yet to even turn it once. I'm very interested in learning how to shuffle these cards, and now it's what I fiddle with while I'm talking on the microphone. There's an interest there, but it's not like I'm dedicating myself to shuffling better. I'm not dedicating myself to learning how to juggle three tennis balls without dropping them. I'm interested in it. It's something that I will dabble in. Whereas when it comes to my 10,000 steps a day, I am committed to that. When it comes to the podcast and keeping it going every single week, I am committed to that. When it comes to keeping my car clean, I am committed to that. Keeping my office organized, committed to that. Reading something about personal growth every single day, committed. Studying for my master's so I can become a therapist every single day, committed. There are things that I just don't let a day go by without paying attention toward. And when it comes to your sobriety and recovery, everything that you do is going to need to fall underneath or rise toward that umbrella that is sobriety and recovery. And that's just where I have seen the most people be the most successful. For me, everything is run through a filter of, is this increasing my growth in my addiction recovery? Is this further solidifying my sobriety? Yes, I go to clubs. I go to bars. I was a bartender for 20 years and I spent the first five years of my sobriety and recovery bartending. I might very well find myself back behind a bar because money is tight and the business isn't doing as well as I'd prefer right now. And I could use a little, you know, upshot and, you know, a little cash infusion. Not to mention, I spend a lot of time in my office. I don't do much outside of going to networking events and going and speaking and stuff of that nature, but I could really use a social outlet. I'd like to meet some new people and go into some of these, you know, places around here could provide that opportunity. Like, 
I put myself in situations where you know, there are people drinking all around me. I'll, I'll go to the refrigerator and get a beer for somebody if I'm in there getting myself a soda water. There are certain things that I am very comfortable doing. Um, there are other things that I'm not comfortable doing. I won't go to a party where people are doing anything more illicit than marijuana. I just won't do it. Um, if I find out that when I show up at a party that people are doing something more illicit than marijuana, I'm out. Uh, it's not even a second thought. Oh, there's blow here. Nope, I'm done. Let's go. And if I'm people I or happen to go with don't want to go, then that's fine. I'm going, and I'm the driver, so you figure it out because I'm already in my car. <laughs> my point being is that there is a commitment that needs to be made where it is it that's it it is the end all be all is this going to help me stay sober is this going to help me move toward my long term addiction recovery there are going to be so many hurdles there are going to be so many barriers there's going to be so many times where an old habit is going to want to step in to your new you i've contend with these all the time. Most of them are around, I shouldn't have said all the time, very frequently. Um, it's, most of it's around my emotions, my inability to be vulnerable to those who are probably wanting my vulnerability the most. How many of my family members and friends had no idea that I was suffering with my alcoholism and drug addiction until I finally got sober and told them, and they were like, dude, if you'd ever just come to me for help, I would have been there for you. And now here I am, you know, emotionally worn out, um, physically drained. Um, 2023 went sideways in a lot of different ways uh, that I didn't foresee. And it did, and it went really good in a lot of ways too. And I'm not going to put blinders on to the fact that I finally started my master's degree, that you know I maintained a healthy body and that I was able to grow the business in some aspects. And while, yes, I would have preferred to have grown more and I would have preferred to have succeeded in different ways a bit more, um, you know, I think we can all look at 2023 and say, man, it was a pretty tough year. Financially, a lot of us suffered from what was going on in the economy. Tumultuousness everywhere, social justice issues, um, you know, let's not even get into politics and just how divisive that can be. 2023 had a lot. And let's root for 2024 to be experienced with the beauty and the ease of hindsight. Let's look at hindsight being 2020 on 23 and saying, okay, now that we know what we aren't thrilled with from 23, and we can always go back to 2020, 2021, 2022. They're all up for debate as well. But the weird thing about society is that a lot of the ways life was going for us completely got shaken to its core when COVID happened, and we may not have ever actually picked up those pieces and gotten them back all together. And it's like the pandemic ended, but everybody was arguing about the, the this, that, and the other about that. It's almost like we, no one really ever got to say, okay, it's, it's officially done. We don't have to wear the masks anymore. We don't have to be afraid of touching somebody else or giving a high five. And you know, we can go to amusement parks and not worry about social distancing. There never really was an end to it. The news just stopped talking about it one day. 
But it wasn't like society just magically healed from being isolated from one another. So that middle part of, you know, uh, middle part, I guess when we, we're only at year four here, the middle part of this whole thing, <laughs> right? That beginning of 2020, um, rolling us into 2021, 2022. I mean, that was, that was some tough years. Those were some tough years. And now we're looking at, you know, being like a year and a half, almost like a solid two, where we really not had to pay attention to it as much. And I really am rooting for everybody to work on their mental health. If you are desiring sobriety and recovery, you can go to jessemogul.com slash ask me. You can fill out one of my forms and I'd be thrilled to get on a call with you. Um, I teach many different rewiring and reprogramming techniques um, to people just like you through master classes and workshops that are available. Um, of course, I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching. I have created a whole universe over here that can absolutely benefit anyone who's willing to put in their time and their attention and invest in themselves through me. What you can accomplish in a year will blow your mind. What you can accomplish in three and five and ten will absolutely be astounding. Looking back at how many years I experienced living my life looking up through the bottom of a bottle, it blows me away at how much I've been able to achieve but yet how disappointed I can be in myself at the same time that I haven't achieved more. And it's interesting looking through these eyes when I judge myself and I'm hard on myself and I have these like emotional breakdown moments where I'm just sitting in my office just frozen. Like, what am I doing? What's my next move? What am I supposed to be thinking, reading, writing, talking about? And it's like I just do my best in those moments to just stop and say, man, you have come so far. In a million years, you wouldn't have guessed that this is what life you would have created, you know, back on January 13th of 2017 to be here in 2024. There's no way you would have seen all of this. And yes, we can want more from ourselves. We should also be content with who we are now. It's a debate I get with Tom Rigsby and he was on somewhere in show 80 I think somewhere in the 80s 83 84 85 I did a bunch of interview shows in the beginning part of the 80s if you go back in the archives and Tom Rigsby was one of them and we have this whole idea of that you can you know be content with who you are now but also motivationally discontent so it's like yeah I'm good with who I am but I also know that there's more inside And that's the kind of strength that we can start to utilize to become resilient when the addiction bug wants to come back down and bite us on our butt. There's going to be habits that you have to break that you don't even realize are there. There's going to be all these different pattern loops that are going to get activated, triggered from all these different anchors you've got laying around in your life. You're going to turn down some random ass street and all of a sudden start craving your drug of choice. And if your brain in that moment can't remember that you once turned down that way to buy some blow, you're not going to understand why all of a sudden you have a craving. But that craving is there because your brain remembers turning down East 4th Street to go down to, you know, La Vega Boulevard. And next thing you know, you're craving it and you're like, but why? Why now? It's simply because you started to drive down a path that your brain remembers. 
I say all of this in a very rambly way. I want to just wish you all a happy new year. But I thought, you know, when I was talking to um, the truck driver, uh, I'm trying to, West Virginia. Um, I've been trying to call everybody in the tribe by their states. Pretty sure it's West Virginia. And when I was talking to West Virginia, you know, we were like, well, what's this episode going to be about? And we thought, thought about talking about our power words, you know, and his was, um, oh my goodness, my brain is all over the place right now. Um, it's, it had un in it. Sorry, bro. I was right there. Overcome. And so was there not a nun? There was not a nun. Not, not an overcome. There's not. Um, you know, and I'm still bouncing around with this idea of it being like urgent, an urgency to things. Um, you know, I still working it out and you don't have to have your power word and your power sentence figured out on the morning of the first, but you certainly want to start thinking to yourself, what are some things you would like to be able to congratulate, congratulate yourself for accomplishing this time next year? Closing up the show, whenever I was talking earlier about, you know, how different New Year's are, I used to judge everything about my New Year's based off of how many drugs I took and how big the party was. I remember buying a thousand beans one time and rolling into a party, double stack Mitsubishis and just being ridiculous with these things. And just, you know, it was so important. I remember sitting in my 300ZX at the time, listening to some trance music and being like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. The ball drops in four minutes. And then my, my clock in my car was off. So everybody is celebrating the new year. And I'm like, no. And I'm like in my car and I'm like, oh, well, I already missed it. And so I just kept dancing to music in my car. And you know, it mattered that I was at the biggest party. It mattered that I was tearing it up. And if I wasn't at the biggest party, I was throwing the biggest party. And when you get older, and I know for this from many people in my tribe and many people that are clients, I was like, you know, what are y'all going to do? I'm like, we're just going to be hanging out at the house, enjoying ourselves. There's a maturation that comes in normal and in life when you have kids and you get a mortgage and all that other stuff. And it's like all of a sudden going downtown and spending a hundred dollars per ticket, $40 on parking and $20 per beer just doesn't have that same to it. And the key is to realize is that there's going to be that part of you that wants to feel like you've been there and done that. And if you're to the point now where you're planning and ready to take action on your sobriety and recovery, then you clearly have been there, done that enough. And whether it's contacting me through jessemogul.com slash ask me and filling out one of the forms or whether it's, you know, going to a meeting, getting a sponsor, whatever it might be, I just want you to realize that there is support out there if you're willing to ask for it. But remember that support only goes so far. At some point, it's all about you taking action. You cannot have somebody around you 24-7 holding you accountable because accountability doesn't work. Accountability is just a different word for punishment. No one's going to punish you. You might, let me take that back, you might get punished by your family or your spouse or your job if you go off and use again. That might be what will happen if you get caught being high, the court system, right, the politics of it all. You, yeah, but again, saying I need somebody to hold me accountable is basically saying I need somebody to punish me. And whether society is going to punish you or your job or your spouse or your kids, you know, by cutting you off and no longer talking to you or kicking you out of the house, those could all be potentialities. 
But when it comes down to it, the addict mind will just justify its behavior regardless if that could be one of the outcomes. Don't do drugs right now. You might get kicked out of the house. Well, fuck it. I'll figure that out when it happens. I'm going to do this drug right now. We've already done that to ourselves enough times to have gotten ourselves to the point where people have literally looked at us and said, if you use again, you're out. We've already passed that point. It's up to you to decide to hold yourself accountable. This is where interest versus commitment comes into play. Are you committed? Will nothing hold you back? It's very interesting that when I made this commitment to do the 10,000 steps again, and I once did it for like 436 or 463 times in days in a row, um, I, and then I let it go, and I, there's something shifted in me. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't as energetic. I wasn't as happy. And when I brought 10,000 steps a day back in, and I think I've missed 10,000 steps, I think 10, 12 times um, out of a possible two, 300. Now um, I'm coming back up on somewhere in the 70s, previously made it up to hundreds. Um, it, anyways, not important. What's important is that having that commitment in my life, how many different things it's changed. You know, now I'm looking for ways to be active because that's steps. Uh, I'm looking for reasons to get on the exercise bike, or I'm looking for a reason to go on a hike or go out walking. Uh, somebody calls me on the phone and says, sitting in front of my computer, half-assed paying attention while I'm checking my email and emptying out my email box. Now I just grab my earbuds and I go outside and I get myself 5,000 steps while I talk to them for half an hour. The point being made is that the amount of changes that have come from caring about these steps has been phenomenal. From being more focused on my schoolwork to being more dedicated to growing the business, um, even this whole shuffling these cards in my hand thing, I figured out that my hands needed something to do while I was in coaching sessions because if I wasn't typing and taking notes on what the client was saying, I was finding my hands wanting to fidget with something. And the thing that most comfortable to fidget with while they're sitting at a desk is the keyboard. And if there's not notes to take, then there's going to be that part of my brain that's going to want to open up another tab and, fuck, I don't know, whatever I'm going to do, it's not going to be focused on the client. And so, because I would sit there, I mean, literally I was twiddling my thumbs for months, or I would squeeze on this little ball, and that would help. Or I'd, I'd file my nails underneath the camera, just so I'd have like something that my hands could do, so my brain could be totally focused on the person. I don't know if you guys have this kind of attention kind of thing, but it's like the ADD version of me. It just needs my hands doing something. Uh, and so somebody gave me a deck of cards at a career fair I was at the other day. And I had it sitting on my desk and I started to uh, shuffle them um, during a coaching session. And all of a sudden it's like my brain was at a max focus potential. I couldn't believe it. And so now I just sit here and I split the deck. And I just put half the deck on top of the other and just sort of push it down. And that's what I'm doing. And just pushing it down over and over and over again. But it's like realizing that my hands needed something to do so that my brain could focus. Now I'm committed to this. This is something that I do all the time. I have this deck of cards with me. I have my little squeeze balls. I've got one of those little spinner things. Find things in your life that will help you make the changes that you seek. I wanted to be more focused, and next thing you know, 
I'm shuffling cards and I'm squeezing on these little stress balls and I've never been more focused. I wanted to get A's in school and next thing you know, I found music that helps me do that so that I can stay focused instead of daydreaming. There are going to be tools that you can utilize. You just have to be willing to step outside of yourself and not allow your preconceived judgments about what you think it should look like when you've never really done it before or what other somebody else tells you it should look like, but that doesn't quite feel right for you. Because some people might say, Jess, you should just be able to focus. Well, that's like saying to somebody, you should just be able to lose 50 pounds or you should just be able to quit drinking. Other people are going to focus their own way. Other people are going to release weight their own way. Other people are going to stop drinking their own way. You want to find your way. Also, being mindful that if you keep doing things that you've always done, you're going to keep getting the results you always have. So if you decide, well, I don't want to listen to Jesse's point on reaction versus response. Well, you can keep behaving the same way. And this is going back to one of my other coaching buddies who says, well, everybody's got to figure out a way that works for them. Yes and no. Because if, you, if you're only going to do the ways that work for you, then you're going to find yourself repeating a lot of the same behaviors that got you into this mess to begin with. So be willing to try new things and then begin to make subtle little shifts so that it becomes even more impactful for you. I'll get you out of here on this, I swear. It makes me think about working out. Whenever I get a new workout program, there will be certain ones in there that I know are not good for my shoulders. Like any kind of machine press above my head is just not good for my right rotator cuff. It's just not. Um, And so I might change that to a dumbbell. And while they might be saying I should be using 65-pound dumbbells, I know that my right shoulder is not going to agree with that. And I might drop the weight down to 35 pounds and do it 20 times rather than 65 pounds six times. Because 20 times at 35 is better than no times with 100 pounds. The point being is that I will take on this new workout and I will do every single one of the maneuvers unless it's physically just not possible without potentially injuring myself. So while I may not necessarily like um, standing shoulder raises, Right. When that would be something where you would take the dumbbells and you would just literally like lift them up towards your chin. Um, The point being is even if you don't know what that exercise is, like I may not like that one, but I'm not going to change it to something I like more just because I know that it's easier for me. I want to stretch and push myself outside my comfort zone. So I'm going to do some of the exercises that I may not be too keen on. But that's what they put in the program, so I'm going to follow the program as closely as I can. Now, if they say you got to do a shoulder press, okay, I can do that. Just not with 65 pounds. Back when I was younger, before I messed up my shoulders, absolutely. I, I once did 85 pounds. Now, the shoulder would be so angry with me that I'm not sure it would come back from that. So now I just modify it a little bit, lessen the weight, up the reps, but I'm still doing the exercise that I was asked to do in the program. That's what I mean by figure out a way to make it work for you. You can begin to shift things up. If you're not down with meditating for 30 minutes, just meditate for five. If you're not thrilled about the idea of um, journaling, then figure out a way to do little video journals or little audio journals or just write for one minute about five 
things you're grateful for that day or three power words that you have for how you behave that day and one thing you'd like to grow the next day. You don't have to sit down and become Ernest Hemingway. No one's asking you to write a novel here. Just take notes of what's going on in your life. and The more you get it out of your head, the more you'll be able to make it tangible what you want to change and solidify what you are changing. 2024 can be as magical as we decide it's going to be. And will there be the 50-50, the ups and downs, the good, the bads, the rights, the wrongs? Yeah, man. It's not sobriety that sucks. It's just life sometimes. What's important to note is that each and every day we get up and we say, okay, what's one step closer? What's one degree further? What's one tiny little shift? You make enough tiny little shifts, and I can assure you, 2024 will go over to 2025 and you'll look back over this year and you'll just be astounded by the growth. It's been a tough year. 2023 was a tough, tough year for me. I don't know what it was like for you, but it was tough. Um, But like many things, I just survived in some areas and I thrived in others. Take a moment to congratulate yourself for continuing to push forward regardless of what the unconscious mind triggers you into doing, what the conscious mind blatantly just disregards, <laughs> and realize that we're all human. We're all beautiful, beautiful, resilient creatures. Honor yourself. Hug those that you love. Smile when the sun shines. Smile whenever it's cloudy. Feel blessed every single day that we get another opportunity to enjoy Another go around on this crazy little rock of ours. Life is life. And to quote Virginia, West Virginia, it's a lot. (laughs) I guess that was really my quote that he just agreed with. And I'm trying to come up with a really powerful way to end this, but I think I've had enough of this episode. Um, It's been an emotional couple weeks to finish up. Just know that the year has officially handed the baton off. It has passed. Allow 2023 to wind down up till February 1st. 2024 already had some momentum. I wish you all an amazing, amazing 2024. We are going to do our last of the dailies today because it is almost 1 a.m. No, what time is it? It's not that late. Yeah, we're looking at like, I can't, my, my watch isn't near me. It's like 1230. I don't know. It's something. When did, when did, was it minute 12 or 13 is whenever it passed over and I'm at minute 43 now. So we're probably at the 1230 mark. Um, point being is that we will do our last of the daily shows um, today on the first to celebrate the new year, to talk about all the awesome that we are going to seek to achieve. I did not mean to ramble for 42 minutes. I do hope that you found something positive out of this episode. And if you're a first-time listener, I can assure you that I often have show notes and I am more focused. And then other times I have show notes and I still go off in my own little world. The point of this was always to take you guys on a wild journey from sobriety to recovery. Uh, Another year has passed of this amazing show. And all of you amazing listeners out there, your loyalty and your willingness to step forward and 
raise your hand and be seen and heard when you want to be seen and heard. It's just astounding. It means as much to me as anything that you write and you, and you call and you care and that you join the tribe and that you are uh, clients and that you push yourself to succeed in so many different ways. I'm blessed to have every single one of y'all in my life, whether I've met you yet or not. The fact that you are part of this show and that you support it, it means a tremendous amount to me. Uh, by all means, reach out to me at jessemogul.com slash ask me. Fill out the form. I'm going to be launching a whole website. Uh, it'll be part of the jessemogul.com universe, but I'm launching an entire portal just about sobriety to recovery from individual pages for each episode to blogs to brand new products. I think I might actually be able to start getting my merchandising figured out. So those of you who would love to kick a really dope from sobriety to recovery uh, quote shirt, uh, we'll be able to do that. I'm going to figure out a way to slap my crazy ass logo on a coffee mug. So I'm blessed to have all of you here. If you would like to support the show, I've got a Patreon account. I've got a stand store and I've got a uh, buy me a cup of coffee. All those links are in the show notes. By all means, I would be blessed to have you support me um, because I know just as much as everybody else that money is hard to come by in life. Uh, Sometimes other times it's easy. And I think it's all just a mindset like sobriety and recovery. Whatever you do out there, just know that I'm here to support you. If you need, jessemogul.com slash ask me. Much love, everybody. Happy New Year. Blessed be that we breathe life and that we can go out there and spread a little sunshine in others. All right, my friends. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober, especially on the first day of the year. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on. Happy New Year. Next one, best one. Bye-bye.